Hello and welcome back to Film Inquiry Presents the Blind Spots Podcast, also known colloquially as just Blind Spots. My name is Jake Trapila, joined as always by my co-host Christy Strauss. Christy, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. <laughs> happy, happy to hear. It's been a while since we've done one of these, as, as is often the case, but uh, I think we're, we're looking to get into more Blind Spots with uh, increasing regularity, wouldn't you say? Yeah, like every night, probably, for the next... Yeah eight months <laughs> yeah probably every other night got to give the audience time to listen to right that's true yeah <laughs> yeah well uh yeah thanks again for uh joining us uh tonight we have another themed episode um this uh this week's episode of blind spots is brought to you by documentaries that uh christy and i uh first of all if you don't know the uh the the i guess the subject of our podcast series that we do uh christy and i each recommend a film to each other that the other person has not seen that the other person who recommended it happens to love. Uh, we both watch our own movies, and then we sit down and talk about it here in this format. And uh, as I mentioned, we are doing documentary films. Christy recommended one to me. I recommended one to her. And as always the case, we seem to have find more thematic connections than just going above to the uh, the genre of films that we're discussing. But uh, Christy, why don't we start with uh, yours? Why don't you tell us about the film that uh, you recommended to me this week? Yes, I'd be happy to. And it is almost spooky how this keeps happening with the themes. Like, we really don't plan them a lot of times other than just documentaries. So um, I like how they just always fit. So my my choice uh, to give to Jake was Garrett Price's 2019 film Love Antonsha, which is about the actor Anton Yelchin, who tragically um, lost his life. And this documentary basically uses home videos, journals, writings, interviews with his family, interviews with co-stars and friends to really kind of paint just the picture of his life. Um, and something that I love about this film is it does feel like it's really about his life. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like focusing on, you know, the really, and it's a very um, like freak accident too, as, as to how he died. And it's not concentrating on that. It's really just a very beautiful uh, film. And I actually first saw this when it came out. I actually reviewed it for our site and I um, interviewed the director. I think that's oh, the wow. first time this has happened with huh. fine spots. <laughs> um, but extra, extra content for the fans. Go check that out. Right. Yeah. I, Garrett Price was um, the director. He was wonderful to speak with. And yeah, it, it's just a movie that really moved me. And I, there was a lot of to it that was surprising. I learned so much about the actor Anton Yelchin that I didn't know. And I just think it's a really beautiful portrait of of his life. Um, and yeah, so what was your initial thoughts when you when you watched it? Yeah, I well, mean first, between the tears, you know. Of course, yeah. Well, first, um, let me say that uh, I was a fan of Anton Yelchin's work uh, as an actor. Um, he popped up in a lot of uh, great films that uh, yes. I adore, and uh, he's actually he's actually been the subject of a couple of our blind spots uh, films. He was in he has like crazy. He was in Only Lovers Left Alive. Um, so no secret that we're uh, fans of his work and yeah, he seemed to bring this, this nice charm and energy to, uh, everything that he did. Even if like the movie wasn't that good, I would say he's good in it. Like just the, the Fright Night remake, for example. But, um, yeah. Let's was... not hate on the Fright Night remake. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Fine. Fair enough. We're here. This is, this is a podcast of love. So we're here to celebrate. Yes. So let's celebrate Anton. So 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, I loved that, uh, the bulk of the time is spent with his parents, uh, also known as, uh, Mamula and Papula. Uh, and we get a lot of, uh, home videos, um, that are very, it's interesting just how from a very early age, he's had just such a brilliant and creative mind that has carried with him through the rest of, through the, the end of his life, basically, and how he was always just, on this path to, to like create something that he loved and enjoyed. And we get this opening where he's like making an action movie with his dad. And it, he's got the James Bond theme playing in the background. And I was just immediately smitten by the, his little boy antics. Cause of I, course. <laughs> I feel like I could, I, I could see myself in that role as at his age. Um, but yeah, it's really the thing, the best things I, I really liked it. And the best things about it are the stuff that, like you said, that I had never known about him. Um, which we can get into. And all of this is, of course, shaped by conversations um, with uh, several of his co-stars, his directors, his family friends, uh, his bandmates. Um, and then also, uh, uh, yeah, just a, a lot of uh, a lot of celebration of his his work as an actor and how he he basically was a, the kind of person that like when everybody were around him, they tried to they had to like sort of act better to to feel like to keep up with him because he was just such right. a brilliant young mind um but uh yeah what uh what 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 makes this a film that uh that you hold near and dear to your heart yeah and i also have to say i love just when you're watching him and anytime there's a documentary that features a lot of you know the person's own voice um where actually we should say his letters and, and journals etc are read actually um by nicholas cage which is an unexpected choice that I, I loved very, very much. I had no idea that was coming. I didn't yeah. know it was coming either. So when I first heard it, I was like, oh, well, this is pretty amazing. But it was very, very unexpected. Um, but anytime you have that, I think it really gives you more just understanding of who this person is and the way that people talk about him. And I, I loved everything with his family. It, you could just tell there was so much love there and he was so close to his mother. And um, you could just tell not only was he very, very talented and very intelligent and ha- had so much like so many aspirations and dreams and things that he wanted to do like he wanted to be a director or he was mm-hmm. you know pursuing that like that was what he was going to be doing next he was an artist you mm-hmm. know photographer you know musician and it's just it's amazing also so many of the things you find out like that he was dealing with and struggling with and you would have no idea um you know and because obviously with celebrities are real people and there's things going on that we don't know but it's just um I don't know. It just really struck me. And I, I've been watching Anton for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was actually going to ask you what your first uh, movie that you saw with him. Mine was Hearts in Atlantis. Not shocking that it's a Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but he was a pretty prominent child actor. And he had this charisma and optimism and just such a lovely spirit, you know, about him. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I always like, honestly, if he was in a movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. So I, I'm definitely a fan. But what was your first Yeltsin uh, entry? It's r- really interesting that I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me that question. So I, I pulled up his filmography <laughs> and I was, I was looking at it before we started recording. Um, I, technically, the, the first film that I saw him in, um, but uh, I didn't re- I didn't really. Pro- he's good in it, but um, mm-hmm. it was Alpha Dog from 2006. I watched that like on HBO one night and He's, he plays the kidnapped kid in that movie who is yeah, it's uh, heartbreaking. ultimately killed. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tragic. Um, and then I remember I started working at a cinema that year, and then a year later I remember Charlie Bartley coming out. Mm-hmm. And I never saw the whole movie, but I would always like kind of walk in and do auditorium checks, and I would see him in it. And 
you'd like be acting across Robert Downey Jr. And I thought, hey, this guy's pretty good. Um, Yelchin, not Downey. Um, but <laughs> I guess the, the first thing that really made me take notice is uh, Star Trek, where he plays uh, Chekhov. And yes. it's, it seemed like from then on, his career really just exploded because then he started appearing in several things over the course of like the next decade. And um, I think that's one thing that the the documentary highlights is that he was just such like he, like his body of work was tremendous, like mm-hmm. not just not just a uh, film, but like he appeared in music videos. And like you said, he directed his own things and he, he basically just and it also highlights at the end that like he never missed a day of work. He was always just out there creating and making his own art. I think that there's just something very valiant and admirable about that. Very. It's and and yeah, like you said, with the with cystic fibrosis, it's this is also just a person who who's just suffered and struggled to you know to just live, and it's also a part of his life that nobody knew about, and I mm-hmm. that adds another layer of tragedy to it. But we we'll see like a an audition tape, and then it, it after he delivers a monologue, it'll end with him going into like a fit of coughing. And it's really heartbreaking to watch. It is, yeah. Yeah, and I, I had no idea about that. You know, like I said, there's there's a lot um, lot of things that you learn that yeah. are, are surprising. And yeah, I think um, I think the other way I saw him early early as a kid was House of D. I don't know if you remember House of D uh, with Robin Williams. It was like a Duchovny directed it. David Duchovny. I I've never seen that, but there's a there's a great moment in the documentary about it where um, he he won like a best newcomer award. Mm-hmm. And David Duchovny, he was the director, and he's given a speech, and he says, you know, the only thing I, I'm unhappy about is when we were on set, he would call Robin Robin Williams. He would say to him, Mr. Williams, and then he would just call me David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and honestly, it's just uh, – I just really think it's very well done. I think it's mm-hmm. really well put together. I love the different aspects that – you know, different ways that they – introduce you to who you know he really was who he was to people that you know cared about him and there is some great interviews as well um i'm trying to remember what chris pine says but he i think he says like he because uh anton also did like photography that yeah. was a little bit like strange i suppose so um that's that's actually my fa- i'll let you go, go on but that's actually my favorite um bit in the movie yeah my, mine too Mine too. I love. It. I, I yeah, immediately went on to the site and looked at all his pictures. I don't know if they provided or if I just found it when I first saw this movie and like looked at all his work. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I I did too. I, I love that. But I, Chris Pine says something like he thought it was it was weird and I wish I remember. But it basically like it was so weird, but it didn't surprise him because it was Anton or something like that. I don't know if you remember the. He um, he said is like he saw a lot of strange things that he's never gonna forget. Uh, yes, <laughs> but, but he liked that Anton was making his work. What I also really liked is in that same sequence is uh, Simon Pegg, uh, Scotty from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. He shows up and he says Anton was a very naughty boy, but <laughs> I in many ways I admired his naughtiness, and so I like that he was you know as as an artist he didn't feel the need to inhibit himself even as his fame grew. Um, which, you know, is something I very much respect uh, in, in in terms of creation. Absolutely. And I, I think in a lot of ways, as he was getting older and I think he was becoming even more like expanding what he was doing and, and maybe even becoming more himself as far as what he wanted to do with his art. And yeah. so it's obviously, you know, makes it even more tragic. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, really just uh, 
it's so sweet to Loban Tonsha is uh, how he would sign his letters to his mom. Yeah. Of course, it's uh, I think she pronounces it a little bit different, like Entonsha, but it's uh, it's so sweet. Um, they have they have their his parents. We should touch on his parents. They're they're great people. Um, they are a figure skating duo from Russia or the <laughs> Soviet Union at the time, and they you know immigrated when Anton was young. Um, and he and lives they're so in, supportive and kind. Yeah. Just, just wonderful, beautiful people. Which is another uh, a run, another running theme in this uh, mm-hmm. podcast episode is is good parents. But um, yeah, I enjoyed you know times with them, and you know she would she would wear his jacket despite the the paraphernalia that she would sometimes find inside of the pockets, and she would just <laughs> keep it in there because it you know reminded her of him. And um, but yeah, I like I like that the the film has a really frank and honest approach to his life as well. There's no hiding anything. Not at all. No. Yeah. I love that too. And yeah, and, and honestly, like the letters he would write his mother and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was, there's so many like really sweet, tender moments. And it just seems like um, one of those documentaries, especially if you, even if you don't like know a lot of his movies or are, you know, a huge fan, you should definitely watch and check it out because it's, yeah. it's really, I just feel like he's somebody that we should all know as much as we can at this point. Yeah, and it's it's tragic to see an artist like that just have their life cut short. And yeah. I, the director um, has a, a lot of remarkable access to to several points of his life that he you know he openly shares. And and I also really enjoy the hearing from the, the various actors who you know agreed mm-hmm. to um, to talk about Anton. And you know they all saw him as their friend, even though he was years younger than him. I love Zachary Quinto like having to reassess who his favorite musicians are because of just one thing Anton says to him. <laughs> and um, Martin Landau is in, is in it. Uh, he yes. uh, shot his segment before he passed, but he says that like when he talked to Anton, he was, he treated him as like a contemporary. And so just a, just a, a brilliant mind. It makes it all the more sadder that he's no longer with us. Um, yeah. Cause, cause you know, I, I just only knew of him as the good actor, but this really opened my eyes to what a good artist and person he was as well. Absolutely. And I, I do love the little anecdotes and, and stories um, with some of the people that he's worked with and everything. Those yeah. are a lot of fun. And actually, when I spoke with the director, I remember him saying there was a lot of interviews that didn't even make it in, like people like Susan Sarandon, Glenn Close. Oh, wow. I think I think he made a joke like this is probably the only time they've been cut out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just because there was so much because there's such an outpouring of love and, and so many people that it was hard for anybody that worked with him to not. Mm-hmm. you know, have something wonderful to say. So yeah, that's uh love Antonsha. If you have any other thoughts we can, or, you know, we can move just, on, but definitely check it out. I was just going to ask if maybe you had a favorite uh, Anton Yelchin performance you wanted to share. Ooh, that's tough. Hmm. My favorite, by the way, if you have not seen um, the one that I first saw him in the hearts in Atlantis, when he's just a young lad, uh, it is, it's not the greatest adaptation, but him and um, Anthony Hopkins, such great chemistry in that film. So it's yeah. definitely worth checking out just for that reason. But, you know, obviously I'm very partial to like crazy or else I never would have uh, <laughs> brought that up on a previous blind spot. Right. Um, geez, my favorite. I, I also I mean, I love Green Room. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love Green that, Room. that might be mine. He's so good in that. Yeah. Uh, Green Room is a fantastic movie. Yeah, so that might be like where I go with that. Um, I'm curious, did you ever see Odd Thomas? 
No, I didn't. I don't. <laughs> I've always like seen the, the like the poster on Netflix and um it, they touch upon it briefly and Willem Dafoe is great to you know speak on himself as just a brilliant actor it's nice mm. to hear words from him but no I haven't is it any good I have mixed feelings on it but I think it's at the end of the day I mean it's fun you know it's mm-hmm. definitely like watchable but then again you you know obviously don't have much love for the remake of Fright Night so yeah you know it might not be free, <laughs> but I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure it was not a hit. Uh, we'll say that, uh, Thomas. I, I think it was people were hoping for more of uh, something that it could have been, and it didn't work out. But he's good, and he really is always good, and he's great in Star Trek too. Perfect yeah. is that character. I remember that. That's the last thing in Love Anton. He talks about how he has a hard time getting the Russian accent in in the film, even though his his family. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was. There's, there's a brief little outtake of Chris Pine like ruins a take just because he, he can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm glad you know this. Even though this is a really sad subject matter and super tragic, I think there is just a lot of of moments like that. There's just a lot of you know levity kind of sprinkled throughout, and there's just so much to appreciate and admire about him. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very touching work. I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it. Well, yeah. Well, thank you for recommending it. Anytime. Yeah. You might say, on another podcast, I'll do something similar. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, shall we move on to film number two? Yes, we shall. All right, yeah. So uh, the film that I recommended to Christy it's, uh, is Dear Zachary from 2008. Uh, the full title is actually Dear Zachary, a letter to his son, to a son about his father. But I think it's just most commonly known as Dear Zachary. Um, I, uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, probably the first instance this has happened in the episode of Blind Spots that we're doing in that, um, this is not a film that has been a long time favorite of mine. Um, but this is a film that I saw for the first time this year and it impacted me in such a way that, uh, it immediately just became a favorite movie of mine. And I kind of, as, as painful as it is, I kind of wanted to spread the gospel of Dear Zachary because it's, it's such a remarkable work. But um, if for uh, and for those who have never seen it, um, we're, there's some spoilerly elements about it that I don't we're not going to completely get into. Um, we have to touch on some things with the plot. But if you have never seen Dear Zachary, I do highly recommend going in as blind as you can. And if you want to actually stop the podcast here and then come back to our conversation, I, I would not be sad if you did so. But um, Dear Zachary is a documentary film directed by uh, Kurt Kenny. He grew up with a friend named Andrew Bagby, and the documentary is uh, about Andrew Bagby's life and how, at a young age, he was uh, tragically murdered by an older woman he was dating. And uh, the film gets into a lot of the legal aspects as to why she did not go to jail for the rest of her life, as well as the development that uh, after she murdered uh Andrew Bagby, that this woman named Dr. Shirley Turner also became pregnant with a baby who would become Andrew's son, a boy named Zachary. And the film is about starts to take a turn and becomes about his life. Before I get really any further, um, Christy, what did you think about Dear Zachary? Yeah, this was this was hard. Watch. Um, 
I brought tissues for this podcast just talking about this. If that gives you any idea of like how cut wrenching yeah. this this film can be. Um, and it, you know, it is a rare thing where we don't want to talk too much about it, but it's definitely a, a movie that you want to go into. I yeah, I remember you even said that to me. Don't look into it. Don't look anything up. Um, and I just was like, I feel like my jaw was just like wide open several times because just when you think you know exactly, we're not exactly where it might go. It just it goes somewhere else, and it's just, uh, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a terrific movie. It's very well done. It's a loving tribute. It's very, um, you know, sweet in the sense that you get the idea, kind of like Anton, that he was really, really loved, and everybody yeah. that talks to him and talks about him, um, they just have nothing but these wonderful, positive little stories and, and things to say about him. And you really, really get to know like everybody that was in his life that was important. And then of course his parents who are also um, just absolutely wonderful and put up with just more than anybody should ever have to do deal with in their life. And they still seem like the kindest people you will ever meet. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure after I watched it, you, you said like, I'm sorry, I ruined this day for you <laughs> because it was it's, just like so emotional. It's no joke. I've heard of I've heard of just things about Dear Zachary being the saddest movie ever made before I, I finally sat down and watched it. And um, just to, to give a sense, I don't claim to be made of stone, but I I find I seldom cry at movies. Um, the first time I saw this, it it just completely emotionally wrecked me. Uh, I was not ready for it in the little in the least bit of what happens. And um, now that uh, look revisiting it again for the podcast, it, it hit me all over again as a just as some as some as some personal news in my life. I'm actually an expectant father. Uh, my wife and I are have, expecting to have a baby next spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and so now looking at it from the angle of a father and a son or a daughter, um, wh- whatever we have, it, it just it tore me apart all over again um, to to watch the events unfold, especially going back and re- you know just seeing it from the beginning, know where Dear Zachary ultimately ends up. Um, it's it's heartbreaking in the highest highest sense. Uh, I <laughs> I yeah I can't. Uh, I can't go into it more deeper than that, but but yeah, like you said, the film is really it's interesting as a to look at it as a documentary. It's a f- a film that um it frequently shifts gears as to what it's covering. Like the film itself evolves. Um, yes, like it does. like Darian Tosha was you know it, it was put together after Anton's passing, and it's you know it's a, a it's a dedication and a tribute to him. Um, with Dear Zachary, all of the events in the film pretty much unfolded as the film was being made. So the director, Kurt Kenny, is like kind of reacting and adapting to everything as he's, you know, changing, changing where the narrative goes because of how life unfolds. Um, so that's, that's one of the more interesting aspects about it is that. Yeah, it's, that's it's, rare. That's a very rare thing. It's like you see this from the very beginning of what he's making this movie for. And over the time that he's doing it, more things happen and and it shifts. So it does have like these almost like sections or something where it's, you know, at times it almost feels like a whole movie. At times it feels like a true crime doc. Sometimes it's more of like the the legal. um, But there's it's just insane. Like the things that happen, like how could anyone have ever predicted what happens? But like, just imagine someone doing this as a tribute to their friend from the very beginning. And then where it goes, it's just, 
Um, yeah. Just so rare. Like you could never yeah. predict that. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's um, a, from the onset, it's about Andrew Bagby. And by all accounts, he's he was probably like one of the greatest human beings to have ever lived. Um, he was he was funny. He was charming. Uh, he had a lot of friends and a lot of his male friends wanted him to be their best man at their weddings. He was an Eagle Scout as a teenager. Um, but and his parents are also just like the most remarkable people you'll ever meet in a film. Um, David and Kathleen Bagby. He was a. He was a Navy um, officer, and she was a uh, an English nurse, and they they met because she wanted to go to Disneyland, but didn't want to pay for it. So that's how they got together, and um, and yeah, they had Andrew, and also uh, by a sense like Andrew had many friends, and they were also like maternal and paternal figures to them as well. But um, yeah, the then the villain of the film is introduced, Doctor Shirley Turner, and I I can't think of a more hated figure I've seen in a movie in quite some yeah, time. Yeah, that who we uh, shall not name, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> She's so so um what many of Andrew's friends don't under comprehend is why he's dating this like much older person like they and she seems to have some weird secrets of her own. Like Andrew was 28 and she was 40. She was already twice divorced and had three kids of her own from previous marriages and so and nobody likes wondered what Andrew saw in her and and they like tried to warn him about her and uh, like and unfortunately it ended in his death he was like she shot him several times and then she fled up to Newfoundland in Canada um and but uh, Andrew's parents just kind of never gave up the fight and they traveled up there just to kind of monitor her and also to once Zachary comes into the picture, it becomes the the quest to get Zachary away from her. Um, and then because they they do get to have visitation rights and meet Zachary and they see, oh, he's just like Andrew. And so it then becomes about the boy and the film itself changes into this this film being about the in remembrance of Andrew, Tur- Andrew Bagby. And it turns into a video for Zachary Turner about his father, Andrew. Um, and, uh, I think as far as plot wise goes, I can't, we can't really touch upon it more. Um, yeah. I think that's like pretty much the end of what we can discuss, but yeah, it's, uh, it, like you said, it evolves, it changes and shifts to, you know, depending on what happens. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, honestly, I can't remember disliking someone in a film. Um, and I've seen a lot of true crime stuff with some pretty horrible people and, I just, she is so despicable. And so many times, like the parents are so brave and like so like resilient with everything that happens. And some of the conversations where they're talking to the camera and they just break down are just some of the hardest things to watch. And I just wish I could give them a hug and then give her something else (laughs) that is not not a hug. It's that. And then also the, um, the director, Kurt Kenny, he also, there's a, a few sequences in the film where he has to like rattle off a bunch of exposition and um, you get the sense that he's trying to kind of get through it as fast as he can because it's so, you know, you can tell his voice starts choking up and it's yeah. just so painful to detail everything. Um, but uh, as far as like the, as far as the, the film is put together, this is also just a very fascinating documentary, mm-hmm. how it in intercuts footage from like, like it brings back a lot of what things people say back, into later parts i'm trying to be as vague as possible and forgive, <laughs> forgive me viewers if this is a frustrating discussion i'm sorry but i don't want to ruin any part of what happens but 
um, just just take our word for it that it is well worth watching. And I think it's also pretty much accessible anywhere that has a streaming service. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's again, it's with with like documentaries and just it the, it's has such an unpredictive nature and how it's it, it's kind of an incredible feat that this even came together how it does. Yeah, it's but. it's a heartbreaker, but you know it's also. Um, and there is a lot too with like when she goes to Canada, how things are mm-hmm. just not handled well, uh, with, you know, like legally and the system and letting her out and just everything that's handled with that. But in a lot of ways, it's like touches on the lowest of humanity and the highest. Um, yeah. and it's, it, it, there's parts that, you know, even though this, this really will like, break your heart, um, there are a lot of things to take away from it as well. Um, that just as far as like the goodness that, that in the world as well with, with some of the people that are in this film and mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, and it is a lovely, is sad and, you know, surprising is a lot of the stuff that happens, um, kind of a lovely kind of love letter to, um, to David and Kathleen. A- yes. Yeah. And yeah. And to, um, Andrew. So yeah. And Zachary and Zachary. Beautiful yes. people. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really all I feel comfortable saying unless <laughs> I break down and cry on the podcast. Um, but any, anything else about, um, dear Zachary that you wanted to maybe share? Um, <laughs> and it's my, okay voice if you don't. Is, my voice is cracking. Um, you know, I think that we, we cover it to the extent that we safely can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's nothing else I'd add except honestly, both of these movies, I would definitely recommend. I think, um, they're kind of, you know, must sees in different ways, but there's obviously a lot of similar themes, you know, obviously parents talking about their, you know, lost son. Um, and yeah. it's just, it just be prepared <laughs> with yeah. Zachary, um, to definitely, uh, you know, like I said, bring tissues, <laughs> I think would be a, a good, you know, suggestion. It is, is very much sound advice. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think, uh, I think that about brings us to the end of uh, this episode, would you say? Yes, I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Christy, should people on the internet want to uh, find you and give you any blind spot suggestions? Uh, that's a new thing. We're now actually taking, we're now openly taking suggestions from anyone. If you think, you have a film that neither of us have seen, uh, please let us know. We'd love to check it out and maybe put it on the podcast. Uh, Christy, if they wanted to reach out to you, where should they go? Yeah, and I just want to echo that because we did have a very fun uh, episode where we did that. And thank you again for those suggestions. So please uh, let us know. But um, so my longitude and latitude currently is no, – I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> our <laughs> our Twitter is at filmandcrew. Our site's filmandcrew.com, and my personal Twitter is – at Strauss, S-T-R-O-U-S-E, underscore Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Excellent. And I'm at uh, Jake Tropila, J-A-K-E-T-R-O-P-I-L-A. Recently been freed from writing about every Bond movie, but uh, yeah. (laughs) The shackles have been broken. shackles have been broken. You are free. It's time to die. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I hope to be around for a while. But uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. Make sure to share the podcast if you if you if you liked us and uh, want more people to hear about it, kind of like how we share good movies with you. Uh, if you did watch Dear Zachary, message us. Let us know what you think about yes. the film. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. Subscribe yeah. to, to keep updated. We'll have a, I promise we're going to have a, a double horror episode coming this month. It is in October that we are releasing this. So, uh, stay tuned for that. We'll have a new episode coming soon. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, that about does it. The Blind yep. Spots will return. We'll be back. Groovy. Don't speak too soon, soon.